Amen. Amen. With worship like that, how can it not be well in your soul? Thank you, Rick. Good morning, church. Is it well in your soul? Yes. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I'm so blessed to be here with you all this morning. And I am honored to take us into the new series. We just completed the seven-week series of the miracles of Jesus Christ. And now we are moving in to the I am statements, seven I am statements made by Jesus. And so before we go into it, um, can we just bow our heads for a little prayer, please? Father God, Lord, we're just so honored to be here in your presence this morning. And Father, I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would totally have your way, Father. Father, help me, Heavenly Father. Just settle me, empty me of me, and have your way that it would be all about you, Father. Father, I know you have a word for us this morning, so Holy Spirit, speak. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So, we are into the I Am series, and these are seven statements, as I mentioned, made by Jesus. And these seven statements, as Major uh, spoke, is, are these, the bread of life, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the gate, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the vine. So today we start with, I am the bread of life. And it's found in John chapter 6, verse 35, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never grow hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, why did Jesus say that? Jesus says that because he knows that we all have a spiritual hunger and a thirst that cannot be satisfied with anything less than Christ. Now, those are some pretty bold statements that Jesus makes, right? He says, I am, I am. But you know, I am so thankful, no pun intended, that Jesus is absolutely confident and bold about who he is and who we are not. Otherwise, we'd be wandering around like the Israelites, lost in the wilderness, taking 40 years for a trip that should have only taken 11 days. Jesus' I am statements are like flashing neon signs trying to get our attention. Come this way, he's trying to say. I am all that you need. I will sustain you. So to put it into Bible context, let's go back to the miracle of when Jesus feeds the 5,000 with just two loaves, with just two fish and five loaves of bread. That was one of the seven miracles from our previous sermon series. Now, in this miracle, Jesus feeding 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread, the crowd is so amazed by this that they say, surely this is the prophet who has come into this world. And Jesus knows that they want to make him their king, but that's not what he was sent to earth for in this time. And he also knew their motives. 
So he sneaks away from the crowd, and this is what happened next. That by the evening, the crowd sees the disciples. They take off into a boat to cross the lake, and Jesus is not with them. And then the storm happens, and Jesus walks on water. But we're going to focus on the next day. When the crowd comes together, and they know that the disciples left the night before, but they still can't find Jesus. And so they jump into some boats themselves, and they go to the other side in search of Jesus. And so this is where we're going to pick it up. We're going to pick it up in John chapter 6, verses 25 to 35, which says, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And they're probably thinking, Rabbi, how did you get here? And Jesus answered, he says, Verily, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I perform, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who, gi who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Amen. Amen. See, Jesus is speaking spiritually, but the people are still very much seeing things through the eyes of their flesh. So Jesus admonishes them because he knows that they were following him, not because they wanted to be with him, but they wanted what Jesus could provide. When they were hungry, he filled all their tummies to the full. If you're blind, he can cause you to see. If you're lame, he can cause you to walk. If you're dead, he can even resurrect you. Jesus performs these miracles, which we call signs. See, church, signs are meant to point you in the right direction to your destination. And once you reach your destination, you shouldn't need the signs anymore. Church, Jesus is our final destination. Amen. But these people, they kept asking Jesus for another sign and another sign. And before, before he would show them another sign, they wouldn't believe him unless they saw another sign. And he needed to keep showing them signs to prove he was who he said he was. But they just wanted Jesus to keep performing miracles because they might need his service one day. And if they got hungry again, 
They could count on Jesus to feed them like he did with the two fish and five loaves of bread and like it was provided for their ancestors when, when God dropped manna, a bread-like substance, right out from the sky. See, they didn't want Jesus for who he is. They wanted to use him for their personal gain, to feed them when they're hungry, to heal them when they're sick, to provide another miracle when they needed it, and Jesus knew their motives. Church, have you ever felt like Jesus, how Jesus probably felt? Have you ever felt used by anyone? That they didn't really want you for you? That they weren't really interested in having a genuine relationship with you? But they just like the things that, you, that you're able to do. They like what you're able to provide, especially if they can benefit from it. See, that's Jesus' disappointment here. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But the dilemma is, how does Jesus get people to believe when they are stuck, when they are stuck, in their fleshly thinking, and no matter what he does, it just seems not to be enough. They still want more. Have you ever been there? Have you ever done and done and done, and despite all that you've done, it never seems to be enough? See, church, that's because people have a spiritual hunger and thirst that cannot be satisfied with anything less than Jesus. They just haven't realized it yet. So I'm sure that you can think of many people who have made lots of money in their lifetime, but they died empty and alone. There are professional athletes who have worked extremely physically hard all their life. They win a world championship, and after all the hoopla is done, and after all the crowd is gone, they're actually athletes that say, was that it? And especially in their arena, you're only as good as your last miracle. Right? You're only as good as your last miracle. They just like you for what you're able to do. And as a great athlete, when you can't do it anymore, you're yesterday's news. That's why we need Jesus, because the world today will leave us empty. The world today will leave us hungry. The world today will leave us thirsty. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. John 21, 15 to 17 says this, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. 
The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. In this text, Jesus is having a conversation with Peter, and he asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. That Jesus is having this conversation with Peter gives us much encouragement for ourselves. You see, Peter was a disciple in Jesus' inner circle. But Peter was far from perfect. He's a disciple that through his life has shown both vigorous faith and lots of human certainty and doubt. One day he's professing his commitment to Jesus, and before the night is over, he's denying Jesus three times. But Peter has developed such an intimate relationship with Jesus that despite Peter's shortcomings, Jesus loves his relationship that he has with Peter. And he is trusting that after Jesus is gone, that Peter will feed his sheep. Church, that's the same kind of relationship that Jesus has with Peter that he wants with us. That even in all of our fleshly shortcomings, Jesus still loves us. And he is saying the same to us. Yvonne, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Paul, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Leslie, do you love me? Feed my sheep. You know, as we were closing out the year 2017 and moving into 2018, I just really felt like God gave me a word one word, and that word was intentional. That I would be more intentional in my family and especially with what God is calling me to do in this season of my life. And so in this season, with my 10 grandkids, I love what I do. Every morning, I get to be their private Uber driver to school. Every morning, I love that quality time together. I pile the eight of them into my van. Well, eight including me. Seven of them into my van. And I take five of them to Holomua Elementary. And then I drive the other one to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And then I bring our preschooler here to the Croc Preschool. And you know why I love that? Because I have a captive audience in my van. Because I control the radio. I control the, the child lock. They do not get out until I press the button. <laughs> and so that's our time of devotion. Right now, we're reading this book called Play to Win. And it's about success in sports. But it's really about winning in life with Jesus. And sometimes I'll normally cook them breakfast because it's healthier and cheaper. But sometimes we'll be in a rush and, you know, we'll get in the van and they'll say, Grandma, can we stop by 7-Eleven and get musubis? And I'll be like, okay. 
So we pull into 7-Eleven parking lot, and I'm like, but all of you have to pray before Grandma goes in there to buy 7-Elevens. <laughs> when I ask them to pray, if I don't hear a response in five seconds, then I say, okay, Grandma's going to pray. And then they're like, oh, no, 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 I'll pray, I'll pray, I'll pray, Grandma. Because they know if Grandma prays, we're going to be in that 7-Eleven parking lot for a while. <laughs> but see, I love that. I love that. I love the lifetime memories I get to make with them. I love that someday they're going to like 20, 30 years when I'm long, when I'm long gone, they're going to have memories like, eh, guys, remember when Grandma used to pile us in her van? And she'd make us pray before she'd buy us 7-Eleven musubis. Like, I love that I get to leave that with them. And I know breakfast isn't the breakfast of champions. You know, musubis are not the breakfast of champions. But the spiritual feeding that happens every morning in that van, that's going to make them champions in life. I'll tell you another story. And I always have these stories. Christmas 2017. You know, um, as we approach Christmas 2017, my husband Jerry and I were talking. And normally Christmas, like our kids are so spoiled. They have like gifts, you know, from floor to ceiling and they have all this stuff. And then by New Year's, I'm like tripping over these toys and I'm getting mad at them. And so this Christmas, we said we were going to do something different. And we did. And the gift that we gave them was to bring everybody together at our house on Christmas Day, and we were going to speak into their lives, and we are going to tell them who they are in Jesus. And so my kids and, you know, my grandkids, like we all come together at my house, and, you know, just us, the immediate family, there are like 50 of us. And so we're all sitting in my house, and the grandkids, there's 10 of them, are lined up, and one by one, we call them to come to the center of where everybody is. And we tell them what their name means. And so the first, his name is Nainoa. And we're like, Nainoa, your name means navigator. Nainoa, you will show people and help them find their way. Maya, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king, a very important job. The cupbearer, before the king would eat and drink, the cupbearer would have to taste of the drink or the food so that it wasn't poisonous. And if it was poisonous, the cupbearer would die, but the king would be saved. Very important job. And why I was like, huh? <laughs> but Maya... Nehemiah also rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. When the wall was lost, Nehemiah rebuilt it. Ezekiel. Ezekiel, just as the prophet Ezekiel spoke life into dry bones, I declare, Ezekiel, that God will use you to, spoke, to speak into dry and dead situations of your generation. And you know, initially... The kids, when we try to call them up one by one to stand up front in front of all of us, they're like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to. But as Nainoa came up and we started to speak life into him, 
And as Maya came up and we started to speak life into him, and as Ezekiel came up and we started to speak life into him to feed him the word of God, they all started to stand up a little taller. The ones that were in line sitting, waiting for their turn, they could no longer, they were like fidgety. They wanted to get up there and hear about what their name meant and hear us speak life, speak the words of God into them. And so church, I want to say this. What are you feeding your children today? You know, I believe with all my heart that this group of 10 grandchildren, that when I'm long gone, that the word of God that was seated in them today will be there for them tomorrow. That when Jerry and I are long gone from this earth, that the bread of life, Jesus Christ, will continue to sustain them. That when one is lost, Nainoa will show them their way back to Jesus. That when someone's world is crumbling down, that Maya, just as Nehemiah rebuilt the walls, that Maya will help them rebuild their lives. That when one of them is living in a very dry, dead place, that Ezekiel will speak life and love into every circumstance. And so church, what are you feeding your family? Are they getting enough spiritual nourishment on a daily basis? How about your spouse? What are you feeding your spouse? Are you speaking life over them? When they make mistakes, are you not moved by what your eyes see or what your ears hear, but you know the word of God, and so you stand on it and you speak it over them? You know, I remember, uh, or maybe it still happens now, but... I remember when me and my husband would get into, like, intense fellowship, you know, that's like Christianese for argument. So, so when we'd go to bed and I want to talk, like, brother's already snoring, gone in la-la land, and it, I would be, like, so upset, and I'd be like, talk to me, and he's like, and so, and so I would like, nope, in Jesus' name, I'm not going to go to bed angry, right? And so then I would be like, okay, I'm just going to lay hands over him as he sleeps, and I'm going to pray over him. And so I'd be like, in Jesus' name, Jerry, you are a man of God. And you know, I can feel my hand like slipping down, and I just want to like choke his neck. But I'm like, no, no. Right? I'm just like, no, in Jesus' name, you are a mighty warrior for God, right? Yes, wives, speak it over your husband, no matter what you see, right? First Peter 3, 6 says this, Like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him Lord, some versions say Master, you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. So wives... I want you right now to turn to your husband and say, Master. <laughs> right? It's okay. Say, Master. <laughs> right? My pastor friend, Pastor Debbie, used to always say this when I, you know, not complain about my husband, but she'd always say this, Vaughn, just be wrong to be right. Be wrong to be right. Humble yourself. God's going to work it all out. He knows your heart. He sees you. Romans 8, 28 says this. 
God works it out for all of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. So wives, don't be afraid to call your husband master. Husbands, if you want to be treated like a king, you must treat her like a what? Like a queen. So turn to your wife and say, my queen. <laughs> Why you sound like a question mark? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I just want to call the praise and worship to come back up here as I close it up here. Church, the things of this world will always leave you wanting for more. The things of this world will always leave you hungry will always leave you thirsty. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Church, feed your family well. Feed them the word of God. Feed them life. Speak it over them. Give them the kind of spiritual nourishment that when life gets tough, that they will see that Jesus is the answer. That when we eat of the bread of life, that we will taste of his goodness and faithfulness. But it starts with believing and receiving him as your savior. You have to believe, you have to want Jesus for who he is. You have to want Jesus for who he is, not for what he can do for you, not for what he can give you, but you want a relationship with Christ as he desires a relationship with you. That he wants you to partake of the bread that he's offering you because it will give you eternal life. And so in this moment, I just want to pause and I want to allow the praise and worship to sing a song. And is there singing? If you don't want to come up here, and if you want to come up here to pray on your knees, we're so blessed to pray with you. But if not, if you would just in your seat right there, just ask Christ and let him know that you want a deeper relationship with him. Just in your quiet prayer time, in your chair, tell him how much you love him. Tell him how you value your relationship with him, not just the things that he has blessed you with, but that you love him for who he is. So we'll take that moment now as they sing, and I'll come back and close this out. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for who you are. Lord, you are the great I am. You are the great I am. And Father, we honor you. And I thank you, Father God, for this moment, divine appointment, Lord, that we can come and pause and just be with you, Lord. And before we exit these doors and re-enter our busy lives, Father God, Father, I just pray, Heavenly Father, that within us we would choose, Heavenly Father, to seek you, 
to seek ye first, Heavenly Father, the kingdom of God. Father, may all that we do, Heavenly Father, bring glory unto your name, Father God. May we pause each and every morning, Father, just to give you a hug, to bless you, Father, to spend time with you, Lord, before we start our day. And so, Father, thank you so much. Thank you for loving us unconditionally, loving us in all of our flaws, wanting us to partake of you, that you would sustain us through it all. We praise your name. We give you glory. We love you, Lord, the great I am. In Jesus' name, amen.